You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles coming your way, and today we have an awesome guest. Uh, he is a returning guest. He has He's one of those guys that has uh, become a good friend of mine over the years in the, I guess, the, the hunting community, the hunting space, the, the space that I'm in, and uh, it's Justin Czar, and uh, it's a BS session. That's, that's the only thing we know how to do when he comes on is BS. We're going to talk about the ATA show. We're going to talk about um, his season. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about everything, and it's a great, it's a good, fun episode. I think it's about 40 minutes long, so it's uh, shorter than the average, I don't know, shorter than the average podcast that we put out. But I want to tell a quick story the other day. Um, <laughs> I don't know if my daughter w- was in a bit of a mood. I don't know. Like, she's starting to become this force and what I mean by that I mean it in a good way but I'm going to tell you a bad story right where all of her friends have cell phones I shouldn't say all of them majority of her friends have cell phones she wants to be a YouTuber she wants to be in this thing called uh, uh, I don't know this this thing called all stars dance and that costs like Right now, I think we're paying somewhere like a hundred, man, a hundred and twenty dollars a month for her to go in, like, be in a couple dance uh, classes. She wants to be in something called All Star Dance, which is bare minimum like four hundred dollars a month. Then, on top of that, you have to travel, and that expense is paid by yours truly and you know, and her mother. And then on top of that, still there's, uh, costumes and shoes and makeup and all that other stuff that these girls go through. And I'm just like, man, like maybe we can afford it, but I am having a real hard time justifying spending that much money on a single individual in our family. Um, when my two other boys aren't in anything and I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm having, but at the same time, as a parent, I feel guilty for not, you know, for not doing it. I, I don't. I don't know what the the whole twist there is, or why I'm sharing the story. And I think part of the reason I'm sharing the story is because we got a note from the kids the other day, and it says, "To mom and dad, you guys are the best parents in the world. You guys can be mean sometimes, but we still love you." Thank you for all the things you guys did to us. Thank you, or thanks for doing everything you can for us. Love, Ava Mackinox. And so as crazy as they can be and as naughty as we think they are, 
it's little notes like this that redeem my parenting. And I think that, I don't know, like I was raised differently than what my kids raised were raised or are being raised, right? Like I, I didn't come from very much and we didn't have a lot of extra money to throw around, especially after my parents got divorced. So, um, it like, every, like back in the day, every dollar when I was a kid, every dollar mattered. You know, my mom was working multiple jobs. Uh, my dad worked really hard, uh, to, you know, get to where, you know, what, what he did and what he provided us. And by no means, you know, do I want to use the word poverty? What I had growing up, you know, it was nothing close to poverty, but money, you know, a lot of thought went into money. Now from where me and my wife are at, my wife just recently got a raise, a really good job. And I still carry some of that old mentality with me, which I think is good because it, it teaches them lessons. Um, and I don't know. I don't know why I'm sharing this. It's just what's on my mind right now. It's not necessarily anything deer, deer hunting related. It's just life related. Um, so I'm having a hard time, um, like coming up with the words to explain to my daughter that you don't need an iPhone. You don't need a YouTube channel. You don't need to, um, you know, have all these things you need to communicate with your friends because, uh, one of her friends came over a while ago and her friend literally sat on an iPad and watched YouTube and played games. And my daughter was just sitting there and wanting to play with her. And I'm just like, no way am is that going to be my daughter. So that is what it is. Anyway, <laughs> awesome episode. Really appreciate you guys tuning in and, uh, uh, and listening on a weekly basis, man. This is a good episode. Justin's the man. Uh, before we get into the episode though, I'm going to do, uh, you know, I'm going to do my, I'm going to pay my bills, so to speak. So hunt stand, if you want to basically learn, uh, more about one of the most popular and the, um, and the hunting app with the most functionality, check out huntstand.com. You can go to, uh, you know, where, wherever you download your apps, you can download it for free. Then it's like 30 bucks a month if you want there to upgrade to the pro and get all the, the awesome functionality. And then you can ha- get a discount code SN20 for 20% off huntstand.com. So by now you guys have probably heard Lone Wolf isn't a company anymore. It's not necessarily a rebrand. It's just a brand new company serving a very, it's a made in America tree stand. And it's very similar to, uh, the, the old lone wolf. It's like the one company used to own both of them. Now one's gone and now it's just, uh, it's just Novex, right? So be sure to check out Novex.com. And, uh, I'm sure I got a discount code coming for you guys. We're just trying, I'm trying to uh, figure out all of this, uh, real quick and then wasp archery discount code for 20 percent off nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers 2021 and that's going to get you 20 percent off made in america heads badass heads um just some of my favorite and then ozonics if you uh, shout out you know here's what i want to say about um ozonics and not just business in general but ever since i've known about Ozonics, I've known a guy named Buddy Pyland, and uh, he has been on the ground floor with that company uh, since day one, and recently he's been promoted to president of that company. So shout out to a guy who believes in a product and, and, and a company that pretty much promotes with from within and I really dig that but he's a great guy and I know that he's going to do everything he can to educate the the you know the, the people who use Ozonics and the company that uh, and everybody who wants to find out more about the the product you know you can visit ozonicshunting.com so shout out buddy and then uh, discount code NFC21 you can get a free dry wash bag for with a purchase of one of their units and then uh, another company that's coming out with a ton of uh, a ton of new products in the next couple months is going to be Vortex Optics I got a special box in the mail a couple I think a month ago I, I was done hunting already by then but the uh, they got a new some new products. I can't wait to talk about those Exodus trail cameras. Uh, I love them because they work hands down, man. Um, 
and then lastly Excalibur crossbows if you're looking for a, a crossbow to either you know uh, for a new hunter for a, a kid or you know if you're just that's the stage in your life and that's what you want to do you know get a crossbow and that's excaliburcrossbows.com they have a ton of options to choose uh, crossbow.com uh, they have a ton of options to choose from so we've done the commercials i've ranted about my kids and uh i don't know what else what else there is to say i don't think there is so let's just get into today's episode it's a good old-fashioned bs session with my man justin czar three two one all right it's been a, a longer than normal break without you having on i don't i don't know how long it's been since you were on last but i feel I like know. it's been a long time like it's been a hot minute, Dan. Justin Zarr. I thought you were starting to not like me anymore. Oh, no. There's a whole bunch of people in front of you that I don't like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you're safe for now. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Man, I, I've got to say I missed you at the ATA show this year. You're like my buddy that I get to hang out with. Yeah. You know, go have a beer at, at a bar that's not blaring music in my ears. Yeah. People are falling drunk on me. Yeah. And it was it was a different year for sure. Yeah. Uh, man, it must have been 2020. 2021, I didn't go. Uh, 2020, I think all we did, like, there was that one night we just sat in the hotel lobby and just yeah. drank in that little booth with nobody yeah. else around. And that that was kind of what we did this year. We had yeah. like a pretty cool like hotel suite that was like beds on one side and then like couches and chairs and everything on the other side. So like I think three of the four nights we never really even left the hotel. We just kind of sat there and drank and hung out with a few people and talked and had a good time. So, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yep. I um man, I don't know. I uh my wife tested positive for COVID. I I felt a little off, but like good enough to where if it if it wasn't COVID, I would probably have still gone to the to the show. Sure. You know what I mean? But now in this day and age, I would have probably been sued or canceled for showing up. Knowing... Dude, it didn't matter because everybody's got COVID now. They went to the show. <laughs> Literally, I know 10 people as of today that are all positive COVID from ATA show. <laughs> like right. And, and there's more coming. Trust yeah. me. Oh, that's and that's just like my little network of people that I texted today. Yeah, you know, and you knew it was going to happen. I mean, you knew. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god, dude! You know how many people I hugged and hands I shook and you, dude, you go to the bar and then it was just packed to the walls and it's loud and everybody's talking and it's like you may as well just be making out with each other. Exactly, because faces are so close. Exactly, you know. But man, I tell you, I was like, if everybody didn't like, if any of you people here haven't had it yet. You're all getting it now. Yeah, but your antibodies were strong going into the show, right? You are, you are. I'm, I'm rock solid, man. I'm, I'm good. So I had it back in October, yeah, and recovered. So yeah, I mean, I'm good. And you know, both the people that I like drove down there with, drove home with, slept in a room with, worked with for twelve hours a day, like they both had it. They're both positive. So there's no way I wasn't exposed. Right. You know, right. And uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm all good. Well, that's good. So let's talk a little bit about the ATA. I mean, um, it sounds like every, like it was just a slow show. I I mean, a lot of cancellations, not only from the manufacturing standpoint, but from uh, just the, like, like me personally, I, I, attendance. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. It was certainly a down year as everybody expected it to be, you know, all the big bow companies pulled out and then there was a few last minute, um, you know, companies that pulled out like Pradco, right, which is Moultrie and Summit and Code Blue, like they're pretty big. And then, you know, a lot of uh, smaller booths, like oh, you're walking around and there's just an empty spot where like somebody just didn't show up. They just yeah. said, screw it at the last minute. But it overall, it wasn't bad. I mean, it didn't feel like the building was empty. Plenty of booths, plenty of products plenty of people, you know, dealer attendance was down as expected, you know, but from everybody that I talked to, you know, they basically said like, it kind of just weeded out a lot of the people that were, didn't need to come anyways. Right. And were kind of like, like, I guess you call them the tire kickers, Yeah. you know, and those types of folks. What everybody told me was that, yes, they, they wrote less orders than they typically have in the past, but like, their average order value was up. So they were writing bigger and better orders. 
having more meaningful like meet, meetings and conversations with people. So, you know, by and large, like all the, the manufacturers that I've spoken with are, I mean, they're all planning on going back next year and let's hope this, this boom we're having with COVID right now is kind of the end, maybe the beginning of the end. And then hopefully things can kind of get back to some sort of normalcy, yeah. you know, by this time next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I also heard that uh, a couple of the guys from the network went to uh, the ATA show and they said, they said that it was an amazing show from the, for them, from a, from a business to business uh, like you, like you said, there was the, the more meaningful con- conversations that, they, that were had there. Yeah. Uh, the lower attendance meant you were able to spend more time with people. And, uh, they said that, uh, it was the guys from the Ohio, uh, outdoorsman podcast and uh, the Ohio outdoors podcast. And they were just like, listen, man, we had some awesome conversations made a lot of great contacts uh you know kicked got some content out of the deal so they you know if you did go it was probably a really good year for for you yeah we felt the same way you know i was able to have much more meaningful a little bit lengthier meetings with people you know the problem is you know in our business of doing what we do typically we're talking to the marketing person who's the the, the person that's usually just getting overrun with yeah. people asking for sponsorship requests and look at my video reel and this and that. And dude, you know how it goes. Like, and so many times you're standing there talking to them and you feel like there's five other dudes standing there waiting to talk to this person, you know, and it wasn't like that this year, yeah. you know, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot better. I was able to, you know, meet, meet a few people, check out some products, like just do some stuff. It's a little bit more relaxed of a, of an atmosphere just in general. Um, so yeah, I thought it was, it was, it was good from that perspective. Awesome. So as far, I'm, I'm going to get into, uh, I got a guy coming on the podcast, uh, next week, the hunting gear podcast next week to kind of break down some of his favorite products. But as you were at the show, like, this is what I heard. I heard I heard that there wasn't a lot of exciting brand new innovation or anything like that, but it was more of a company coming out with a different skew of something than uh, another company already had. So let, let's just say like company A had broadhead X and broadhead Y, while company B had uh, broadhead X, but not broadhead Y. Well, this year, Company B had product X and Y. So it, yeah. I don't want to say ripping off of other brands, but just adding that same, like basically to just keep up with the market. Yeah, I felt like there was quite a bit of that this year. Um, there's a lot of that every year, though, yeah. to be honest with you. Every, every company is trying to kind of expand their product line. And, you know, I think what they're looking for is like when they're in with a dealer or with a company and they want to be able to meet all of their needs so that they don't have to go to somebody else to get like the different products. Yeah. So, you know, I felt that way, you know, I think, and I've been saying this for years, it's hard to come up with something that's like revolutionary that nobody's seen before. That's going to change the industry or whatever. So what you're saying is just incremental improvements in products. That's just, you know, slowly making things better every year. I think if you compared the, the stuff we had 10 years ago to what we have today, you would see that massive leap, but we've gotten there in small steps every year. And I think you saw a lot of that. You know, I thought there was some stuff that was cool. I thought there was some stuff that like was cool in theory, but maybe not in, in practice. Uh, and then there was just, as usual, there's a few things where you're like, okay, this is just kind of dumb. You know, I don't know how I would ever use this product. You know, uh, it, those are the products I, yeah. I always refer to them as like people solving a problem that doesn't really exist, you know, <laughs> but they like came up with a solution for it. And it's like, well, I get it, but maybe this isn't that much better than what we already have. Like the deer. Or maybe Vimeer. this isn't really. Yeah. Like the scented, you know, string wax. I was yeah. like, is this really a problem? Yeah. Like, is anybody out there like, man, this is a problem. Yeah. So like, I mean, again, like, I'm not going to, I mean, you can't fault the person they got to shoot their shot right they right think they got a good idea they're trying to get in the market being an entrepreneur like it's tough business there's no doubt um but like sometimes there's products where i'm just like eh, i just don't see it you know yeah. maybe i'll be wrong maybe everybody will be using scented string wax next year and i will look like the asshole who knows <laughs> 
well, you're already an asshole. So it, <laughs> it really doesn't matter. I mean, I'm in the same boat with you. I am the, the more I hunt and the older I get, the, the, the less I care about it all. If that makes sense. Like I, I'm not wearing camo anymore for the most part. I'm not wearing, I'm not going to use a, a product like that. I'm not gonna, I don't know if it doesn't actually directly help me kill a deer. I'm not sure. Gonna probably show interest in it, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just cool to try yeah. new stuff. So what was know, cool? Support new companies, whatever. Yeah. Um, what was cool? You know, anything that stood out that, that, uh, you know, there was a lot more saddle stuff just in general there this year, you know, actual like full on boost, like in the past, like tethered was really the only booth, yeah. you know, that was there for saddles. And, you know, you had latitude at a booth there. Cruiser had a booth there. Um, XOP came out with some stuff for this year. Um, I'm trying to think, I think trophy line, some of the trophy line stuff was there at the Outtech deal on, whatever night that was. I'm not sure if they had a booth. If they did, I missed it. Um, you know, out on a limb was there with some of their products. So like there was just a lot more of that type of stuff there that was kind of cool that you got to see in real life instead of just like watching a video online or whatever. Um, so I thought there was some, some cool stuff there, you know, tethered, uh, you know, had their carbon fiber platform that they're coming out with for this year, the saddle platform, which was one of the kind of more talked about things of the show you know, is finally having a carbon fiber something. I think somebody actually made a carbon fiber tree stand. I'm not sure if it was out on a limb. I forget who. No. Timber Ninja. Tim, Timber Ninja. Yeah. Carbon fiber tree stand. Did you um, get to pick that that up at all? Any of those up? I didn't. I didn't even know it was there until after the show. Okay. was over. I saw one of my guys came back or maybe like when we were leaving, they're like, oh, did you check out that carbon fiber stand? I'm like, no, nobody told me about it. You know, and, it, and it's still a big show. I can't possibly get around and see everything. Yeah. Um, so I heard about that was pretty cool. Um, you know, there's a company, I think it's called, gosh, I'm going to get it wrong. I was just watching PJ's video about it. I want to say it was called VIP archery or something like that. And they had, Basically, it's like a two-piece insert that's glueless um, where when you screw like your broadhead or field point into it, it actually tightens the insert on the inside of your arrow, um, which is kind of cool because, dude, I mean, now that we're all getting into like shooting maybe a little bit more weight up front and brass inserts aren't cheap, you know, once they're glued in, they're, they're glued in. If you need yeah. to cut, cut your arrow a little bit differently, shorten it down or it gets damaged – and you're going to, you know, throw it away, like, see you later, like $2 inserts in there. Yeah. So in their case, like, you can actually remove them, reuse them in other arrows, plus you can index your broadheads if you want. So that was kind of cool. Um, you know, Tech did something pretty cool, uh, Levi Morgan's company, in that they're creating basically – so you know how, like, uh, you want to go buy a dozen arrows, right? Let's say you walk in your bow shop, for a lot of people anyways – and they got arrows sitting there, and they're pre-fletched, usually with blazers or something like that. You grab them, they cut them, throw inserts in them, and you go on your way. And they're kind of just like a stock arrow. Yeah. You know, TAC basically teamed up with, like, Gold Tip and Schwacker, which is all Levi's stuff, to create, like, a very high-end stock arrow, essentially. So you're going to get whatever – forget which arrow it was that you're going to get. It's going to come, like – pre-flash with tack veins with at their specific offset like that levi shoots and then what they did on the front of it was they created a unique to them insert system that works with their schwacker broadhead which basically is like a post that goes inside the arrow because it's a micro diameter arrow and it's got a threaded um, piece that comes sticks out of the arrow so you've got the male end sticking out of the arrow and then the female end on the broadhead. So it's the reverse of what we have today, but it allows for, uh, you don't need like an outsert system for like a micro diameter arrow now. It's actually pretty cool. Um, obviously it's only available like with their stuff. So if like you don't want to shoot a schwacker, you're shit out of luck basically. Um, but if you want to essentially shoot like Levi Morgan designed like his arrow combo, like it's pretty cool. I'm sure it's going to cost a, a freaking fortune um, but I thought it was a really slick, cool setup, you know, again, right. nothing like revolutionary, but I, I liked it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That um, sounds interesting. 
What about yeah. uh, <laughs> what about products that you're just like, oh my god, I hope this guy didn't sink his last dollar into this. Oh man, there was a couple of those. I hey, I don't want to beat those people up too bad. There was somebody there with some sort of, and I saw two or three of these, some sort of you know pop up blind, but it's like an umbrella that just like sits on the ground and sits in front of you type of thing. Yeah. So it's not like a full and you hide behind it. But I was like, I, I could never shoot a bow out of this thing. Yeah. And you're at the archery show. Like maybe I could shoot a crossbow. Maybe that was even pushing it. Yeah. You know, they just like, weren't, they weren't the best, you know, I was like, I yeah. just, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get it. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, there was plenty of people there with like, you know, funky ass, you know, broadhead configurations, you know, everybody's trying to make a broadhead that like slices a deer in half when you shoot it, you know, and I just, I don't know. There was just a lot of those like little broadhead companies where I was like, yeah, dude, you're, this just isn't going to go. Like, this just isn't a a thing. You know, there was a guy and he's super nice fella. and, And I feel bad even kind of talking bad about it, but he had, uh, like a mechanical broadhead that you screw on the front of your arrow, right? And it was just a two blade, you know, backwards opening mechanical broadhead. But then what he did on the end of it, you could unscrew the tip of it. So it came with just like a basic chisel tip. You could unscrew that and you could screw into it any other broadhead you wanted to put into it. So you, you could basically have two broadheads on the front of your arrow. <laughs> You know, you could put a big fixed blade and then you have a mechanical behind it. And I was just like, holy shit, man. How like how big, like are my deer not dead enough already? (laughs) Can I make them more dead? You know, and I get get the concept like where he's trying to get more blades and more cutting and more blood and more everything. But it's like, I'm not even sure that we need that. Yeah. You know, so I was like, man, like, again, I, I get the idea. I just don't see it really being practical in the market yeah. you know the the scented string wax is like dude I, I i've never once picked up my string wax and been like damn i wish this had an earth scent yeah you know to it you know the yeah. other thing i'll say too is like you know trophy ridge came out with a site that a lot of people were kind of talking about which is like it's a single pin adjustable site it uses kind of their react technology right so you cite it in at 20 then you cite it in at 60 and the, or whatever yardage you pick, I think, and then it and it basically does the rest for you, and then but it it's digital, like a, right? But it's digital. So yeah. as you turn the dial, you know the numbers change. And I was like, well, we literally have this exact thing. Like every single pin site works this way. My HHA works that way, yeah. except I have a tape instead of a digital readout. So yeah. it's really the only benefit. Yeah. You know, and I guess maybe if it's dark or you're in a blind where you can't, you know, it's getting dark in the blind, and you can't see your tape. Like maybe there's a, a minor application for it. Uh, maybe, you know, I just was like, I felt like that was one of those products where like, we're just making things digital for the sake of making right. them digital. Right. You know, you, you can't even, um, I can't even use that product in Iowa. Um, any type of site with that is battery powered is a no go sure. in Iowa. Yep. So. Yep can't i can't even use it so i don't even like i don't even look you at don't those even things look at it. You're yeah like, i just don't care yeah, yeah like i said i mean that was it's a cool product i mean it's neat when you look at it and you watch it work and you watch the numbers change as you spin the dial and everything but like at the same time i was like this is literally just a digital version of what i already have and i've never thought to myself like i wish i didn't have to look at numbers on a tape and i wish it was yeah. just a digital readout like i I felt like it, there was no real net gain to it. Yeah. You know, other than, you know, making one more thing to, you know, go dead or break or right. whatever. Get wet so, and then it stops working yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's waterproof and I'm sure it'll be fine. I just, you know, I looked at it and a lot of people were like, man, have you seen this thing? And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I see it. I just don't know that it's that cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to come up with an, you know, inv- uh, with an invention. There was, where there's one other one I want to I want to mention that was in that same vein. Okay. And it was the X- XOP came out with a harness slash saddle combo. Okay. So it's basically a lightweight harness, but then they just added the saddle stuff to it. So you got a mesh butt and then you know a couple loops on the front for your bridge. So if you want to be in a tree stand, you got the full harness. If you want to be in the saddle, you got that. And I was like, okay, this. Again, it makes sense if you're like the dude who's like, 
I want one thing that does it all, but it doesn't do anything better. And in fact, I'd say it does worse than what we already have. Like if I'm wearing a harness, I don't want the extra saddle shit on it. I don't want the mesh. Yeah. But, and if I want to go saddle hunting, I don't want the shoulder straps and the tether hanging off my back if I don't need them. Yeah. You know, so it was like, again, I get it. And I'm sure some people will buy it. And some people will probably love it. You know, but I was like, eh, I'd rather just have two separate things that do their purpose better than one thing where it's combining two products together, but it doesn't do either one quite as well as their own individual product does it, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I can't wait to come up with a uh, a product that actually... uh, it's It's a product where it actually takes that... You don't even have to draw back, really. You can if you want, just for you know, to make it, make you think like you're actually doing something, but it takes, it physically takes the arrow out of your rest and it, it's not fast or anything, but it, it actually gets out of your tree stand or blind and walks over to the deer, like almost silent and places a perfect shot every time into their heart. That's a good product to have. Yeah, I don't know the name of I it could, yet. I could use that. Yeah. I don't know the the name of it yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research and see if there's any like legally binding can things. Can it just like use a Can it just use a drone to deliver it? Yeah, at hypersonic speeds too. I want to I, I want to call it the hypersonic something delivery method or something like that. <laughs> you have to abbreviate it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, how was your season? I mean, it's over in Iowa. It's got to be over in Illinois too, right? No, we go uh, this weekend or last okay. weekend, Sunday. Are you Sunday, going hunting? Uh, I probably will hunt Saturday afternoon, and then I will most likely take my son out on Sunday afternoon to kind of finish the season off. Yeah. So, so yes. you got COVID in yeah, October, okay? Yeah. Um, let's talk about just like the deer side of things, because typically I see when you shoot something. Did, did, did you even, are you trying to tell me, (laughs) I got to ask the question. Did you shoot anything this year? Yeah, I, this may go down in history as the first year. And I don't know how long where I haven't even shot at a deer. (laughs) I haven't even pulled my bow back. No shit. Uh, well, I guess I pulled my bow back a few times just to like practice putting a pin on a live animal. Yeah. So, uh, so I did do that, but I haven't pulled the trigger. Uh, on a single white-tailed deer this year, it's been uh, it's been rough, man. I tell you what, it's been rough. Why? What what was rough about it? Because be, I think before the season started, me and you were talking like, "Hey, man, it, it looks like you have, you know, some decent three-year-olds, and I think there was maybe one or two four-year-olds that were that were uh, in the shooter category for you." Yeah, I mean. Dude, if I could tell you what the hell was wrong, I would be able to go fix it, right? Right. (laughs) What went wrong? I, I, you know, I think part, you know, some of it's just bad timing, bad, wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I think in my case, some of it was maybe getting a little bit too lackadaisical on my preseason work. You know, I think what's happened the last couple of years is, you know, I've gotten more into turkey hunting. You know, so I spend a lot of my spring doing turkey shit when I should be doing deer stuff. Yeah. You know, and then summertime comes and and it's, you know, kids and vacations and sports and going to the pool and going fishing and just letting the trail cameras sit out there and, you know, whatever. And then fall comes and I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out when the fall comes. Right. I mean, I'll just move around. I'll get on the hot sign. I'll do this. I'll do that. Like, you know, and that that is a little bit easier said than done. Um, I think, you know, so it's just partially just a lack of preparation, I would say, um, for a lot of my deer woes. Although, you know, I can go beyond that and say, I've had four different times now this year, I've had shooter bucks in bow range and haven't been able to get a shot at them. Some of it's just, you know, bad luck. Some of it's, you know, not maybe paying attention. Some of it's like, just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I literally dropped my bow out of the tree when I had a six-year-old buck like 30 oh. yards away from me. I dropped my entire bow out of the tree. <laughs> God dang. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just been kind of a comedy of errors for me this year. Um, but I'm not – honestly, man, I'm not really that upset about it. I've had a ton of fun. 
hunted with my son, you know, more than I've ever had. He shot a deer this year, you know, back in October, um, which was awesome, you know, and then him and I have been trying to, he wants, he shot a doe in October and then we've been trying to get him on a buck maybe here to kind of during the late season. So I've spent, you know, two or three weekends where I just say, I'm not even going to hunt this weekend. I'm just going to take him and we go sit in a blind together and have fun and see deer and, you know, kind of showing him the ropes. So like for me, I've gotten a ton of enjoyment out of that this year. So I'm not really like, I'm not really sad or mad or bothered that I haven't shot a buck. Um, you know, it is what it is. So the, the opportunities were there. It's not like uh, just straight bad luck. I mean, from from a deer showing up standpoint. Yeah. I mean the first one, so I've had two different close encounters with a six year old deer on one of my, uh, my home farms here you know, one of the times, um, you know, dude, so many, so often, you know, I think I know what the hell these deer are doing and I get set up and I'm maybe watching a certain direction or area where I think this deer's bedded and going to come from and sure as shit, he just snuck up behind me one of the times, um, you know, all of a sudden I turned and looked and here he was 35 yards behind me when I could have, I would have bet you a million bucks. He was going to come from in front of me that night if I saw him and he yeah. came from behind me. And, um, you know, as these old deer do, what happened was I had rattled, you know, right before dark and he heard it and he was coming to the rattling, but it was kind of the direction he was coming from. He was coming from the thick stuff going into the open. I was kind of think he was more in the open headed towards the thick stuff with just the way that the, the stand laid out. So I figured if I'd rattled, he would, you know, maybe poke his head up and come up there to see what was going on. He did, but he didn't see anything. You know, it was wide open. There wasn't a deer. I couldn't freaking grunt. So it was like I was I was stuck. I mean, he never really gave me a shot where he was at. And then he when he didn't see anything, he just turned around and went back where he came from. The second time I saw him was maybe a week, 10 days later, like a mile away. Um, And it's another just one of those luck things. Like earlier in the night, I had a doe and a fawn cross in front of me. Uh, on a trail that I don't have any shots at. All of a sudden, half hour before dark, 45 minutes before dark, I hear walking, I look up, here he comes. He's on the trail that the stand I was in was set up for. He was on that trail, walking right for me. Yeah. And, you know, sure enough, he hit the trail where that doe and that fawn had crossed earlier, and he stopped and just turned and followed them. So instead, like, if they wouldn't have walked through chances are he was going to end up right in my lap but he stopped and started sniffing around sniffing around smelled where they were at and then just turned and took their trail and never gave me a shot um so that was the second time i saw him let's see third buck um was a shooter and dude is just like well bad luck it was getting dark i mean it was the last couple minutes of legal light he came in chasing a doe and he stopped she ran there's kind of like a creek crossing that i was hunting they were coming parallel parallel to the creek she ran past the crossing and then got down kind of immediately to my right and he was coming behind her and he stopped right at the crossing he either needed to cross the creek and give me a shot or he needed to turn and follow her and come right next to the stand well she got spooky because he was chasing her around and she made like a hard 90 degree turn to go back in the woods and what did he do? He turned and tried to cut her off Okay. and then never gave me a shot. I mean, I had him at 20, 22 yards right there. He just needed to go like one of two ways and he didn't, he just went the, the third way, Yeah. you know? And then on new year's Eve, we had a, a big eight pointer that we're, we're hunting and same deal, man. I thought he would be coming from the South headed North. And for some reason he was doing the opposite that night and there was snow on the ground. So my attention was focused in front of me where I thought he was coming from. And all of a sudden I heard something and I turned and dude, he's 30 yards away. And, uh, unfortunately the wind just was very inconsistent that night. And I think it kind of just backdrafted up his way. And I think he got a nose full of me and then just kind of scampered off. You know, he didn't yeah. r- outright run, but kind of trotted off. And that was it, dude. I mean, he trotted right through my lane, but I didn't even have my bow in my hand. I was standing yeah. there watching in front of me, not seeing anything. And he just showed up out of nowhere. So, I mean, four opportunities at mature bucks, every one of those deer, one of them was five, one, six and one seven, like all big mature deer, well within bow range, just, it never worked out. So it is what it is. Yeah. I tell you what, man, that's tough shit. I, I, I did that on the night. I actually killed my buck this year. I saw, uh, what I thought was a shooter 
walking across this field and I was, I was in the, the thickness, but I could see into the field. It was the, the field edge was probably 70 to 80 yards away. So I put the horns together and I know exactly what you're talking about. This happens a lot, you know, every, you know, when, when you do decide to call or rattle, they come in, they come in hard, they come into where they hear it and then they just hold up. They're like, okay, I've come far enough. Where's everything at? You know, there should be some more noise for me to follow. And, uh, then they, they, they hold up and then that deer never, never came in the rest. Yeah. Of the I mean, dude. They're smart. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no two ways around it. They're just smart bastards. Yep. Yep. Well, anyway, I'm glad he the did. Other, he, the uh, other issue that, that I had, you know, when I talk about not being prepared was, you know, everybody, we love to talk about running and gun, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I talk about it, it's something we do a lot and running gun is great. If you've got a place you can run and gun, you know, I Fact. greatly underestimated um, my ability to run and gun on some of my local properties because it is so damn thick. And it's like every, I can't tell you how many times I was like, I, I need to get over in this spot. I know this is where they're deer at the signs there. I'm getting pictures, whatever. And I go in there and I walk around for 30, 40 minutes. And I'm like, without a chainsaw, I'm not getting in one of these trees. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a morning where I got out in the dark and dude, I walk around for like an hour. I never even hunted. I finally just got so sick of not being able to find a spot or the wind was wrong or whatever that I just turned around and freaking went home. Yeah. You know, so I think next year, that's one of the biggest areas that I failed to prepare for this year is everybody thinks you can just grab a little tree stand and grab a saddle and head out and hunt anywhere you want. Well, bullshit. You can, you yeah. better have, if you want to do that, you better pre prep some areas if you can you know, on private land. So I'm going to spend a significant amount of my spring prepping stand sites, hanging stands, moving yeah. stands, and really doing a better job. Like when, when push came to shove and a couple stands that I had weren't producing for one reason or another, I didn't have enough options to yeah. go to. And I felt like that really limited me this year. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, man. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I, I still feel you can get into some good spots, you know, with just maybe a handsaw or uh, or pole saw or something like that. Sometimes but, you can. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Yeah. But man, I, I tell you what, if you're hunting a small property, you run and gun too much on it, you're just you're doing more harm than good, right? And that's where the sure. that's yeah. where yeah, I think yeah, you're yeah. talking about the whole uh, prepping, you know, getting tree stands prepped before the season starts. And and I'll be completely honest with you. I do run and gun, but I also have like three or four sets that are historically good rut spots that the stands are up and ready to go by the time right. the, you know, the rut comes around. I just have to drop down into them and, and there's no better feeling than getting to a tree and seeing a tree stand already there and just climbing <laughs> up in it and clipping in. You don't have to. I've been saying that for a while. <laughs> Like, I love this run and gun shit, and I know it, like, opens up opportunities, and yeah. it could be a lot of fun, but if you're running late, or you're tired, or you're whatever, yeah. like, there is nothing better than just sneaking in, yep. slipping into a pre-hung, pre-trimmed, all my stuff's there, I just gotta climb up and hunt, like, I still like that, and maybe it's just because we're getting old now, yep. you know, but it's like, there is still something to be said for that, right. no doubt. Right. I don't know, man. Um, and then... Other than that, like, I guess you still got, you got a couple Hail Mary, Hail Mary chances coming up this weekend, but, um, yeah, I, my and mind... then I might hunt an afternoon or two this week. We'll see. Work's kind of busy right now. We're trying to play catch up post ATA show. Yeah. So, I mean, I still have the option, you know, to maybe sneak out for an afternoon or two this week. And then, like I said, one, my last hunt for myself will be Saturday night. Yeah. And then I'm going to bring my kid out Sunday night and we're going to sit in a blind and we're going to ring the season out with the, my buddy heater in the blind. There you go. <laughs> Sitting over our little bean plot and watch the sunset and enjoy what's left of our 2021 season. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a good way to end it. Now yep. for me, let's see, we're recording this on the 11th, but uh, the 10th was, I was, last day. So we're done here in okay. Iowa. My, my season is officially over. I have nothing else, um, on the books as far as going and, you know, going hunting. 
but I'm already starting to think about next season. Um, do you have anything already on the books or anything that you're thinking about or that's getting the gears turning? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I got a bit of a fire lit in my belly to try to kill a deer next year here mm-hmm. at home. So I'm already thinking about stands for next year, trimming, food, access routes. Like, I'm... I'm a little like just miffed at myself for getting lazy the last year or two with that. So that's my number one plan. As far as like out of state stuff, I have a, a mule deer hunt plan to Wyoming in September. I think it's like second week in September, something like that. Yeah. My kid's shooting a Nerf gun at me right now. I'm going to go murder him. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that I'm planning on. I got a couple buddies and people that I'm talking to that maybe want to go do like a, out of state public land hunt together, you know, sometime in like mid to late October yeah. next year. So we're kind of starting to talk about that a little bit right now. But you should put, you should put really my name. Finalized. You should put my name in that hat too. Dan Johnson wants to come. We should get just a big group of people and go somewhere Maybe. and have a good time and try to shoot a deer and just piss off a whole bunch of locals in this one spot and just go <laughs> go, go shoot a bunch of year and a half olds on public. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> so, well, cool, man. So, yeah, that's what that's what I'm planning right now, and then hopefully, you know, we didn't even talk about my elk debacle. I did fire an arrow at an elk and did not kill it, so that was a bummer. Yeah. That sucks. I don't we can I, talk about that next time. Yeah, I'm 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 trying to figure out if I even want to put in my preference points um for elk because the the draw results for Wyoming came out last week or 2 weeks ago and the the unit that I kind of want to hunt I'm going to have 7 points I'm going to be applying with 7 points this year but it looks like you're not I'm not even going to be close uh, unless I have 10 points. Right. So point creeps. There's kinda, always a chance. Yeah. yeah. Though, because uh, I think they hold a percentage out for just a general draw. Yeah. You know, regardless of points, if I recall how that all works. Yeah, I'm gonna have to know, talk so to There's, there's about always that. a chance. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking 2023 for my next elk hunt. Um, it's kind of my current plan. So yeah, this year will be mule deer, and then I'll try to get somewhere and do something out of state. I'm just trying to decide. You know, if this, is this just going to be somewhere we go that does over-the-counter tags? Yeah. We hunt for four days and just have fun and don't take it that serious and call it good. Or am I going to, like, try to draw a Kansas tag and actually go kill something? Yeah. You know, because there's a whole different mindset of preparation and not getting out there to scout and do everything and how much time I'm going to spend there and take off work and yep. all that, you know, crap. So, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to figure out which one of those two options I want to do. Because we're looking at like maybe doing, you know, Indiana, Wisconsin, Missouri, like those states are all over the counter, you know, a decent amount of public, you know, we could probably go have some fun in October for a couple of days and, you know, at least have a good time and maybe, you know, possibly shoot something, but probably not, Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. so it's just uh, trying to figure that out. To be continued, right? Yes, exactly. This the story that never really ends. Yeah, for sure. And I think I'm going to kind of take a a break a little bit on the turkey stuff here in Illinois. You know, our turkey population is so far in the shitter right now. Same with Iowa. That I really don't need to be shooting any turkeys. My kid hasn't shot one yet, so I'm going to try to get him on a turkey this spring. I may just kind of sacrifice my turkey season and just say I'm going to take you during youth season. We'll apply for one tag for you try to get him a bird you know and if we get one great if we don't we don't and then i'm going to spend the rest of my spring uh scouting and doing deer prep i'm not sure i'm going to waste waste it on turkey hunting yeah i feel you i feel you man well i'll let you get back to the fam uh congratulations on making it uh through the ata show uh, (laughs) unharmed so do you know uh, do you know Taylor Chamberlain from Tethered by any chance? Uh, yeah, he's the uh, urban hunter, right? Urban hunter. Yep, yep, yep. yep. He literally just text. He just texted me while we're on this podcast. He said we're dropping like flies over here. Six more people I know from the show are all. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking around today. I think the ATA should have like a running tally on their social media 
accounts of how many people got COVID from their show. <laughs> like every day we should like have to like check in. Check in, like, yeah. Like we know this many people and they just give like a running tally. I'd be interested to see what it is. Cause yeah. you know, I'm telling you, like it was, I was like, if ever there was something that would be classified as a super spreader event, like this, this is, is it, it. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I hope you're all ready. Well, I say this as a joke, but I also say, say it in seriousness because that's just who I am. But uh, hopefully none of those people have comorbidities. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, th- here's the thing. Like, I felt like everybody knew what they were getting into. Exactly. Right? And, and, and exactly. we're all grown adults. And if anybody didn't want to be there, they shouldn't have been there. Right. You know, it's kind of my flaw. I mean, like, you hate to have to have that kind of outlook on things because, you know, I, I fear that there may be somebody somewhere at that show that gets, you know, severely ill from it. And yeah. that would be very unfortunate. And yeah. that would suck, no doubt, especially yeah. if it's somebody that any of us know. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, like I said, man, we're all adults. We all understand the risks that we take in life, whether we're climbing a tree stand, driving a car or going to a trade show, you know, you so. There you go. And I, are, and, I, and I have my super immunity and I'm flexing it right now. <laughs> and it seems to be working pretty good so far. So far. So far. Yeah. All right, man. So, well, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for yeah, uh, coming on again. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be in touch soon so we can talk about some, some real strategy type talk going into uh, 2022. Sounds good to me, man. Sounds good, buddy. Hope you feel better soon. Take it easy. Need me? Let me know. Huge shout out, Justin. Huge shout out to Hunt Stand, Novex, Wasp, Ozonix, Vortex, Exodus, and Excalibur. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. Thank you very much. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. Let everybody out there know how badass this podcast is or the Sportsman's Nation is. And then other than that, man, uh, good vibes. That's all we can do in this crazy time is, is portray good vibes and good vibes will come back to you man i i I strongly believe that so good vibes in good vibes out and if you're still hunting wear your safety harness and we will talk to you next time